This episode is brought to you by Skim This. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and the Skim is here to help you cut through the noise. Meet Skim This, a weekly podcast that makes it easier to understand how the news impacts you. They'll break down the most complicated stories of the week and add context and clarity to answer the questions that are on your mind, to help explain why what happened this week matters both in the short term and the long term. So subscribe and listen every Friday morning on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Skim This. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online access to licensed counselors. It's therapy you can do from your couch. So if something in your life is making you feel stuck or unhappy or frustrated and you could use some help, Try talking to a therapist and start with BetterHelp. All you have to do is fill out a quick online survey and they'll match you with a counselor within 48 hours. And if you don't like that counselor for any reason, you can switch to a different person free of charge. To try BetterHelp and also really help out our show, you can head to trybetterhelp.com slash helpmebeme and you'll get 10% off your first month of therapy. friends this is an episode that is a request from a listener and that person um actually benefited a lot from the first and second episode on similar topics so this is basically for if you have escaped a narcissistic uh relationship a relationship (laughs) sounds wrong this is for if you have escaped a relationship with a narcissist And um, if you don't know the other episodes I'm talking about, I'm going to put links to them in the show notes if you are going through any situation like that. So for those of you who have gotten out of a relationship with a narcissist, high fives and a big hug because it takes a lot of emotional stamina to get out of one. A lot of people get stuck in them for years and years. It can take an average of seven to eight tries to escape one. And that is because you really have like a squatter in your soul and they control what you think about yourself, what you uh, believe you're capable of, including whether or not you can actually figure your way out of the relationship. So they, they basically take over the value scale for happiness in your life and your entire life becomes about sustaining their happiness. And in that process, you abandon your own self-respect. You give over more power to somebody who doesn't stick to what they say they're going to do and they make you, they feel like you can't trust your instincts. So everything becomes your fault. And you're basically managing the flow of love from them and that becomes like your full-time job. And that's when you also start to abandon all of your other healthier relationships. So this is a little power-up episode I wanted to post for anyone who might be facing a phone call or more likely a text from this narcissist after you've already escaped the relationship because that's very common. So if this was a romantic relationship you got out of, usually they'll reach out at exactly the nine-month mark. It's, It's uncanny. It's some deep biological instinct to check in once the time that there could have been a baby involved elapses. I don't know why that happens, but it tends to happen. So when this reach out happens, you likely feel as if you have been punched in the gut 
Like it gives you waves of dread, fear, panic, all of which might feel to you a little confusing and irrational. Like you might be like, why am I feeling like terrified? And that's because you're being revisited by a drug that you were addicted to that took over your life, took over all of your autonomy for a very long time. So that dread and fear and feeling of sickness is your body recognizing the real and inherent danger to your safety brought on by this person. So never forget, they had power over you to make you feel things and do things you didn't want to do. So to abandon yourself and your goals in life, despite your own intelligence and wherewithal, is a pretty dire situation. It's a very dangerous situation. So that sickness is your self-protective gut speaking the truth to you. It's saying, danger, danger, run, run. This person cannot, under any circumstances, have any contact with you, even the tiniest bit. That is extremely dangerous to you. Why? Because your greatest form of strength and protection is distance. You control proximity and access to yourself. That is all in your power. And right now they are looking for any in whatsoever to get to you. That's where their power lies. So they're just trying to see where it is you are mentally. They're trying to, they're poking at your person in as many ways as they possibly can. They're trying to find the angle. Will this work? Will this one work? If, are they feeling down on themselves? Are they angry? Do I have to employ this tactic or this one? It's like they're, they're tapping on a wall to find the crack. So along those lines, the reach out itself might be super random and even insulting in how it disregards the previous communications you guys have had together. It might inspire reactions like, what the fuck? Do they honestly mean this? Like, what about everything that they said before? What about everything I said before? They're completely disregarding everything we've said. And that is true because this is bait. This is them attempting to engage you in any way possible. It doesn't even matter if it's a good response or a bad one. They want information from you. They want feedback from you. So it's engagement by any means necessary. It's meant to elicit you divulging information about where you stand in terms of your relationship with them. They're attempting to get you to respond, period. It has nothing to do with the content of what they said previously. It also has nothing to do with how they feel about you or how much love they have for you or if they feel guilty, etc. has no basis in the truth of what has happened. It has no remorse inherent. It is just trying to get information out of you so that they can get more power over you once again. So the reach out might even be extreme. It might make you feel guilty. I've heard stories ranging from a person faking cancer to a person demanding the gifts they gave back again. So the reach out will probably tip you off balance slightly. Like whereas a minute ago you were doing awesomely, you felt a little bit good about yourself, you felt like, all right, I'm getting back to life as me. Now you might feel confused, belittled, enraged, confused, and confused, and fill in the blank emotion that matches the hook that they were able to latch onto in you uh, that is reminiscent of your relationship previously, but is more likely trying to tap into your personal baggage, something in you, some old 
tiny hook that you can't even see. So what I mean by that is whatever you felt while you were in the relationship, whatever weakness addicted you to them and made you vulnerable to them is likely what will be triggered by their first reach out. So your brain might go through all these different rationalizations and attempt at explaining what it is they're saying and understanding where it is they're coming from. So you'll replay it from different angles of what they said. Did they mean this? Maybe they meant this. Or did they mean this? That's you again believing that you can make sense of them based on your personal experiences and logic as a regular human being. You're like, I mean, could they possibly mean this? It, it does not pertain to your value system, what they are doing. They're doing something as an attempt to control and uh, gain access to you. It does not, it's not based on anything, any truth, any reality. It's simply manipulation. So you might even feel like, uh, oh, this is my fault. I feel bad because they feel really bad. And you might feel guilty for not responding, like it's hurting them. And when we feel bad that they are hurt, that is in on us. That's in our head. That's because we have created an image of them based on our personal baggage that is not accurate. So we are reading into them all of these feelings and these experiences that we think they have had because we think we know them, but we don't. It's, you can think of them as a projection back to us of whatever it is will make us adore them. And they're very much in control of that perception. It's not real. So after all, they created a version of themselves that very much was our ideal of a human being. We were in, enamored in love enough to abandon our lives for them. So they project a self according to what attracts us and keeps us worshiping. And that is their game. That's their joy in life is manipulation, obtaining worshipers and sources of dedication and adoration, and also somebody that's going to give them all their shit and do whatever they want and run themselves into the ground and they're not going to care about it. So they want you basically back into the place of worshiper. That's their goal. I want them back in the subservient role where I can control them and then I'm going to throw them away again. So as soon as they have you back in that place, they're going to stop trying. As soon as you are uh, also gone and, and respecting yourself, that's when they're like, I might give chase now. I want a worshiper. I want to see if I can control that person because that's how they get off. So whatever emotions come up right now during this reach out, like around this first text or whatever it is, I want you to write them down and I want you to draw a yellow highlighter square around them. And those emotions are why you cannot have any contact with them because you are still affected. You are still vulnerable and you are still triggered. And that is why you need to keep complete, a complete wall in terms of contact. You, even from this distance, you are getting, the hook got in. They threw it over the wall and then you got, it, it hit somewhere. The mind melt is working. So this person is still dangerous to you. The, the response you would have had if you were completely invulnerable to this person is mild amusement, but nothing more. You would also really probably not even open the message or have gotten it in the first place because you would have blocked them already. Um, I'm, not blame, I'm not trying to blame you. If, you. if they somehow got around whatever wall you built, um, your reaction would be kind of like, oh, that person again, ha, 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 the end. You would not be 
It wouldn't distract you from your life. So this person, your body is still telling you like danger, danger, danger. As an aside, block however they contacted you, please weatherproof, block it now. Whatever avenue they've taken, if you have any power to do so, make sure they cannot repeat contact you via this method. So if it's an email address, directly to trash. You're gonna have it forwarded directly to trash. If it's a person that's passed along a message, they need to be told, I do not want to know anything from this person. I will not receive any messages from them. Please do not ever tell me this again. And if you're wondering why this person reached out now, I'm guessing it's because they ran out of other adorers and they're just tapping on all the old, you know, this used to be a, a spring of water. I might just do a little digging over here. So they're, they're tapping on a wall that was once locked to see if they can open it just in case you are weak once again and they can gain access. Like maybe you're lonely enough now and they can take over again and use, use up all of your personal resources as a human. Like think of it like somebody's walking through an alley and they're trying all the cars to see if they're locked. Like maybe there's some money in this one. Ah, maybe they re- re-upped on their money. I'm just going to check. And it's very much the same mentality because it's a person that just wants to get something out of you. And that's just resources. Resources by that I mean amusement, adoration, like an ego boost, or sex, or money, or a place to stay. Um, but most of all, power. That's, their, that's the resource they seek. So with that, I have a couple of tools for you. The first one being big-ass moat. So this is the, if you only use one tool from this entire episode, I want you to use this no matter what. You've built a giant moat around yourself. It's full of water and sharks, and they're leaping out of the water to kill anything that tries to cross it. Do not allow anything to cross the moat. Do not let down any bridge, any rope, anything, any ladders. Do not risk contact. Your greatest and best asset is protecting your proximity. Do not allow them to gain access via creating contact. And I mean anything. Nothing even tiny. Like, don't don't contact me. That's contact. Do not engage. Repeat, do not engage. Not even, I am deleting this text and blocking you now. That is contact. All actions are also messages. So in responding, it says in your action, I still care, I am still vulnerable, come on in. It's like you're opening a window, you're handing them a rope to climb over and climb in and use whatever you have said against you. It's like you're revealing your position. You're giving them a peek about where you are emotionally in your response. So if you can successfully ignore this reach out, I'm telling you there will most likely be another one. I hope that didn't give you a slight twinge of joy. It should be a slight twinge of fear. Because again, this person was your addiction. If you kicked it successfully the first time, high fives. It's so hard to do. It's so dangerous. Just please keep your safety zone around yourself. But this second reach out will probably be within a week or up to a month later, most likely. That's my guess. Um, And that's them attempting to contact you with a totally different tactic. It's just like, all right, that that wall was too high. Let me go try this one instead. So it'll be completely different. You know, something like usually very sweet, 
or maybe very aggressive slash hostile, whatever it is, it's playing off of you and your, your vulnerabilities. So for example, one version might be, I just want you to know I always loved you, like making themselves into the victim and you feel like an asshole. Or alternatively, I, uh, I knew you were too self-involved to care about me. I knew you never really cared about anyone but yourself. I just wanted to wish you well. Whatever it is, you are the jerk and they're the victim and you are like, I want to defend myself. It's eliciting some response from you based on your fears about yourself. Whatever it is, the second attempt to reach out to you will be more provocative and likely emotionally affecting or attempt to be emotionally affecting. So your job at this juncture is to do exactly the same thing. Ignore, ignore, ignore. Do not engage. All right, next tool, driver number three. So imagine, you know, this is, if your life is a movie, we all see those credits that's like guy number one, driver number three, whatever it is, like person that doesn't even deserve a, a character name. So these credits in, in your life, there's a guy driving a van in one scene, and that person's credit says driver number three. So I want you to, in your personal sphere of friends, nominate somebody who can act as your driver number three. Just all they are are hands, a body to do an action for you if it needs to be done. So if, for example, you have this person's, this narcissist's car, your driver number three is the person that's just, all you're doing is telling them, hey, can you be my driver number three? And by that, it's if, worst case scenario, I actually have to have some interaction with the narcissist, you're going to be my hands. You're just going to be a faceless, nameless character that goes in, delivers the car, says nothing, and leaves. That is your part. That is the role. No engagement past that. No conversation happens. No, they said to say this. Like, nothing. No exchange past that. Um, It's just going to be returned to the narcissist. And then that person will leave. They will not deliver any information about you. They will simply shrug because this is not a speaking role. So whatever it is, whoever it is in your life, if you know that there is some transaction that needs to happen between you and the narcissist, right now I want you to just call that person and say, your friend, and say like, hey, if I need to give back this person's car or whatever it is, if I need to hand back their box of crap from my house, can you do that if this becomes an eventual must-happen reality because of, like, legal threats or whatever it is? Um, just make them aware of your situation now and let them know you might need their help. So they are your proximity protector, this friend. They're going to be the only one, driver number three, is the only one who is going to have any contact whatsoever with a narcissist, including all texts to set up the exchange. You're not doing any of that. You're not telling them who they are. You're not divulging Anything ever, you are not in this movie. The end. You're off screen, always. All right, next tool, go clear. So lastly, if this person is giving you anxiety by coming back into your life, I completely understand because it's fucking terrifying. So right now I want you to go clear. I want you to clear out any and all everything that could possibly bring them into your mind, into your consciousness, into your energy. And hopefully you've already done this previously, but, you know, if there's anything remaining, any emails, any text messages, delete, 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 any overlapping accounts you guys have, 
cancel them, make sure your credit is protected, close any shared, even if you're benefiting from this financially, I want you to delete your shared Netflix, delete your, cancel all of it. Get any emails sent to the trash, um, change your locks, that's a huge one. I know it's expensive, but it's really important. Make sure your windows lock, I'm not kidding. Change all your passwords in case they have, I'm sure that, you know, when you're with somebody for a really long time, you might mention your password because you trust them. Change all of them. Update any shared accounts so that you do not have them anymore. Just basically make sure there is no overlap in your lives, including visually. I don't want you to have any, you know, oh, that's the thing we got together. If it makes you think of them, it needs to be clear from your space. Even if it's benefiting you somewhat financially, it's worth it. Because it's just a mental window that remains open. You have one toe still in the relationship. It gives you just the slightest bit more weakness. It's not worth it. So those are my tools. If you're in this situation, I wish you much strength and stamina and confidence and a bulletproof vest of self-love. And whatever they say to you, there's somebody better out there waiting to meet you. Do not return back into this relationship because it'll take you out of, you know, out of circulation basically and also out of the ring of your life. They are a full-time job. They will drain you and it's very much a predictable loop. It's always the same loop. You can just Google it. Narcissistic relationship loop and it'll tell you all the stages. I'm not, uh, you know, psychic in predicting what has happened. It's like, it's textbook. So before I close, I wanted to thank my latest sponsors, Greg via Patreon. Thank you so very much for your sponsorship. And Chimwewe, Chimwemwe, I'm thinking I'm, I think I'm saying that right, or Cece. Thank you so very much for the very kind donation. I appreciate you guys so much. If anyone out there has the means, donations very much help me make this show. I appreciate them a lot. If not, I totally understand I also very much appreciate your reviews on iTunes. They bring tears to my eyes. So past that, if anybody you know could use this episode, please share it. That also helps me get out there. Um, And with that, in closing, lean into your anger. Lean into it, especially right now, and tell yourself to embrace it. Do not allow yourself to entertain guilt or what-ifs. The what is of like, what if it is true? But maybe they really do need What if they changed? Or maybe they are really sorry. Or maybe they know I think blah, blah, blah. Or the idea that you are over them and completely don't care enough that you can engage. Do not think that especially because it's really easy to think that. Like, oh, I'm fucking over it. I could totally just have a conversation with them. Mm-mm. It's still in some secret part of you, you're still an addict. It's, it's never gone. So never forget, this is your drug, your vice. They took you down hard against your will, against your better judgment, and you got out alive. So think of this like that movie Room. You just got out of that little shitty room in the backyard, and your job is just to keep running and running and running and never look back. And as soon as you look back, you're going to risk tripping and falling or, you know, getting disoriented. It's just not worth it. Like, run like your life depends on it and trust that fear in your gut. Your drug is out of your system right now because you kicked it. So never forget what you went through and how painful it was and never underestimate their power to manipulate you. 
do not permit access, do not engage, stay safe. And I'm thinking of you, and I send you my love. And if you need more information about this kind of situation in particular, I'm going to put links to the other two episodes on this topic in the show notes. I also recommend just Googling it. Um, And I'm going to also put a link to a book that I really liked on this in particular. So past that, I send you my love, and don't forget to smile.